Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the studio rocking and rolling. And as always, I am happy to be here. We are going to continue the conversation of just looking at grief for what it is. And then as usual, Depending upon what I've experienced or faced through the week, I like to bring that to my audience and start the conversation, get us thinking. So a couple of things happened this past week, February 14th, Valentine's Day, actually made three years that my late father passed away. And I'm proud to tell you guys that I was able to make it through, to lean in, to have the best day possible. And surprisingly, I only cried once. And that was at the end of the day. Do I think that tears mean weakness? No, I let them come when they felt so. But what I used to do in the past was kind of leading up to these days, the death anniversaries, birthdays and such of my loved ones is start to feel a sense of anticipation for sorrow. And this year, I actually wanted to just lean in and and see what happens and see where the day took me. And I really didn't focus too much on it. When it came up, I made comments in my mind, in my heart. My father is my forever Valentine. So where I thought that would typically be difficult because of it being such a big national thing and everyone's so happy and celebrating love, that actually worked to a strength this year because it made me feel like I didn't want to take away from those moments. I didn't want it to be this super sad post on a day where People who don't normally or people who do, but a little bit more extra sauce on it are sharing love and in good spaces. And that allowed me to have the strength to grab upon something else that was strengthening me and not so much wallow in my sorrow. Yes, it is still very difficult to navigate through that journey and to come to grips with the reality that my father passed away. So even though it's been three years, some moments feel like it just happened. And some things are still a little unbearable. And the moment actually when I cried was when I went to create my social media post. And if you know me, you follow, you know that I'm posting constantly. But my cell phone has been giving me so many issues over the last week or so that I haven't really been able to post because I haven't been able to access my photos. And it's just been a whole big mess. So I would have normally probably posted a picture of him and had his lengthy things to say. But because, thankfully, actually, to my phone having an error, I didn't share a picture. But when I was writing the the post and I'm reading it back, it just hit me like right in the stomach. It just was like, whoa. And I just started crying. So when we're talking about grief and loss and we go through these experiences where our loved ones pass away and people say that it gets better with time, I want to say that it can, it has a possibility to get better with time, but time itself doesn't heal all wounds. People who use their time to heal will heal. And so what I would attribute my ability to move through and navigate a little better is to the fact that I've been able to work on my grief, to explore the mourning process, to have therapy to go through these things and be able to dig into my toolbox 
to make those moments a little more bearable. But just because it's been three years or 10 years or even 25, 30 years in many cases, it doesn't alleviate the fact that it's still shocking and that it's still painful. So never feel guilty about still being still, still is the key word because I think people like to put that out there like, oh, you're still stuck or you're still harping on that and you've got to move on and you've got to keep pushing. But it's such a unique experience and just depending on so many factors, it's not just like death itself is isolated. So what I mean by that is it's not like, okay, someone dies and that's the only thing that we have to deal with. No, someone dies, you have to deal with that and the many feelings and emotions and experiences come with that. But then we also still have the obligation to deal with everything that we had going on prior to that, whether that's your job, your marriage, your children, vacations, obligations, commitments, vacations, there's so many different things that come into play. So when we're pushing through all that, a lot of us may not have even given ourselves the space and the time to mourn for X amount of years. So someone could have died 20 years ago and a person could have possibly, quite possibly not allowed themselves to feel that experience, to actually grieve until 20 years later. In the conversation with Oskino, I know I continue to mention it, but it was such a powerful conversation. He said that his father died when he was 12, but he didn't cry about it until he was 28. That's a lot of time to get to a point. But what I'm noticing in that is if you think about a person or yourself, perhaps being 12, and then you go to the age 28, you've been so many different versions of yourself through that journey, through the time passing, that it might just take you getting to a certain level of growth or the lens in which you see life to allow yourself, give yourself that permission to feel, to cry. It could be based upon your circumstances, the psychosocial part of things where your environment plays a major part in your ability to cope. Ooh, that felt, that felt like some fire. Your environment plays a major part in your ability to cope. Have we been nurtured and raised and cultivated in an atmosphere where crying is okay, where affection is given, where we've been able to learn to receive affection? It's so much that comes into play. So when we deal with these tragedies and these life experiences, it's not just enough to say we went through them and we're just going to be able to heal and we're going to be able to move through it. We're going to be able to do what our experiences have created us to do enabled us is a better word than created so if I'm not raised in a home where there's a lot of love and and I'm not hearing stop crying before I gave you something to cry about and things like that well then maybe I'm, I feel more free and more at ease to express myself and to cry and to just go through those emotions whereas someone who did not have that environment if I didn't have that environment and it was just mean and, 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 and cold, well, well, then I might not think or justify and be able to validate the fact that I, I feel sad. I feel hurt. I feel broken. And I know a lot of times men get a lot of this topic where we say, hey, 
men weren't allowed to cry. They weren't taught this. And it's very true in a lot of circumstances. But I don't want to negate the fact that there are a lot of women who also weren't exposed to environments where they can freely express their emotions, where they can cry, where they can kick, they can scream, because it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Sometimes women also get put in certain stereotypes and situations where there's a stigma around their strength. They're the woman, they're the their mother, they're the nurturer. They should be able to do this and do this and multitask. But I think all of these expectations aren't fair, but our environment playing a major role in our ability to cope is very realistic. And so I want you to, when you're looking at yourself and you're beating yourself up, if time is a topic of conversation as far as where you aren't in your healing journey, I need you to see the full picture. I need you to have the total lens out, a a very unbiased lens to say, hey, how am I really? What are my circumstances currently? Keeping yourself in context, doing that emotional examination when you want to be hard on yourself. So when you're saying I should be further along, I shouldn't be crying this much. It shouldn't be hurting me this bad. I should be able to stick and move and keep going, keep my head up. Yeah, it's been three years, but. But like, what else do you have going on or what else have you had going on that prohibited you from exploring, from doing that? What's your environment like? And I think that's why I love talking about the conversation about grief and loss is because. I think in general, just as society hasn't really lended much room for us to have these conversations, which leads me into another point that I wanted to talk about today. I actually am. I don't want to necessarily say proud, maybe shocked, I guess could be a word too, proud and shocked that when someone commented on a video that of Oskino and sharing about his loss and his grief. She kind of alluded to the fact, and I don't want to say it, I don't know it word for word, but just to paraphrase, that he paid or sold, he sold his story to a podcast for attention about his grief. And so I like to create a platform where there's freedom of speech and thought. So I can't say a person is wrong for their interpretation and perceived indifference of someone else's experience. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that to some extent it I kind of took it kind of took me back because comments like those are the very reason why we need to have podcasts like this and other platforms where people are dedicating space to these deep rooted experiences that we go through and that we can do it unapologetically because for someone to think that a person is trying to make a come up or get certain spotlight or attention is a word that actually was used in this comment based upon something that should get attention should be a conversation was very perplexing to me it was it was slightly mind-boggling because it just didn't seem fair. It didn't seem fair. It, it came off to me very insensitive and uneducated. So just because someone speaks about their experience, it doesn't mean that they're attention seeking. A lot of times people aren't even talking about what they're going through because no one is asking. 
But when we start to ask these questions and create spaces where we can have this dialogue, guess what? Not only the person who's sharing their story or the interviewer in my case, but the many listeners out there are able to see themselves perhaps in some part of that person's journey to feel seen, to feel like together, like we're a community. That's amazing. That is a truly beautiful experience that I get, I guess, back to what we talked about in the beginning, perhaps this person's upbringing and their experience doesn't lend well to people speaking about their experience. If they do, then it's an attention seeking thing that we should just take these things maybe to our grave or keep it secretive, or maybe it wasn't a delivery. I don't know. I didn't engage in the conversations to find out more because I didn't want anyone to feel bad for their comment. You shouldn't. If that's the way you feel, so be it. But I felt like I was going to get a little defensive if I started commenting back and that's just not how I want to be. So I decided to talk about it here on a podcast, which again, I stated that brings me to my final point that I kind of want to touch on here. That was a, a beautiful moment. So there was a young man, shout out to team, Mateen Muhammad. He actually took the time to listen to the episodes, but then he made a post and he talked about how helpful the show was. The two episodes were for him and He talked about how he wishes that he can have these types of conversations with people around him, how he he doesn't feel like he necessarily fits in with the way in which he thinks and his experiences. So myself and Oskino are a lot older than him. But if it wasn't for a conversation that we were having, maybe he wouldn't have felt as seen and in such a community or a belonging. And when he told me his age, I was like, whoa, you're so mature. So again, One person can think that talking about your experience is attention seeking and someone else could say, wow, your words gave me hope. This conversation empowered me. I I want more. I want to see it more. I want to hear it more. And again, it's not about me. This is about my guest. He talked about Porter Rich also, which was another phenomenal episode that we've had a year or so ago. When we're having these men that are talking about these conversations and things that they've gone through where I've had men tell me that they don't care what we say. They truthfully don't feel like we care about their feelings, that it really doesn't matter. And I don't want that. So it's something that we can do. Just words and time can help create more healing space for people that are going through one of the most difficult, some of not one, because, again, I don't believe that these experiences are isolated experiences that they've ever faced in their life and we can come through and we can help man I'm going to keep doing it we're going to keep doing it because no one is exempt from this life experience some may not be as complicated perhaps not as tragic but you will lose someone You will lose someone and there may come a time where the very things that you were shaming, the very things that you were speaking against in opposition of could be your saving grace. So you could be talking about why somebody's getting on their platform and saying this and saying that and doing this and doing that. But you don't know just because it's irritable to you. You don't know who is saving. Our words have power. Continue to speak our minds, not only to protect our heart, but to protect the hearts of our community, the people that are around us, the people that matter. How else are we going to get through this? 
You could be sitting in a room with so many people that have been through similar things as you, but if no one opens their mouth and says, I'm going to be the person to speak up, I'm going to be the person to get vulnerable here. Not only on account for myself, but for the other people who I don't know. There are so many people that are suffering in silence with so many different circumstances, things that we couldn't even imagine. What is a mere inconvenience for you could be detrimental to someone else. But if they only knew that you too have went through that, wow, I never knew that person went through that. Wow, I never knew that person experienced that. That makes me feel more empowered. It makes me feel better. And yes, I do agree. I do think that some people do get on their platforms just for attention and and go through all of these things. And I won't say names of people that are perhaps doing that or have done that. But also sometimes these things are cries for help. So we really can't go wrong with communication. And I think that our judgment has to lessen when we're talking about healing experiences and conversations. That's just my take on it. That's just my talk, my feedback. Continue to be super thankful for the love and support that we're getting out there. Keep pushing this when I'm asking you to push and share and comment and review and do all of these things. It's because I don't know who else we can help. This is an international conversation that we're having here. There's lives that are being changed around the world. And when you share that, you're actually adding to that. You are an extension. We're one family. You are a branch on this tree. And we're going to keep doing that and keep rocking for the Blue Heart community, the Blue Heart gang. We're dropping hearts all over social media. And and more importantly, we're having real impact in hearts, in people's hearts. We're really, really doing that. So thank you. I don't take it lightly. I appreciate it. That's all I really have for you guys. Make sure you go back, check out those episodes with Oskino, Porter Rich, the episodes that I've mentioned. So many deep conversations that we have. Drop a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit that like button, subscribe, all of that stuff. If you're listening to the audio, definitely leave us a review. It matters. It counts. I truly appreciate it. Want to thank you in advance. Guys, you already know where I'm hanging out to most. Make sure you go follow me there over on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore Jane Nicole. Guys, till next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace. Peace.